you've probably heard a lot about Bitcoin lately, whether it's on the news, online, or because your weird mate Steve keeps banging on about how much his is worth. There's a lot of noise and information, and it can be hard to know where to begin. Coin Corner cuts through all the confusion. With an easy-to-use site and a friendly customer support team on hand to help, Coin Corner is a quick and easy way to buy Bitcoin in the UK. Visit coincorner.com and enter code FILMBTC at sign up for some free sats or small amounts of Bitcoin to get you started. Coin Corner. The Podfix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 228 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson, and I am delighted to welcome on this week's show the fantastic Nora Lekos. Now, Nora is the director of the eight award-winning feature film Hab, translated to Cream in the UK and America. It won Best Film at the Paris International Festival and it is on HBO in July, which basically means now. Seek this film out. I loved it. It's like Amelie, but better. It's so, so cool. It's a Hungarian film and Nora on the podcast talks all about how she went from award-winning shorts and TV to making Hab. She talks about what she learnt making TV and why there's only one place to apply for money in Hungary. She talks about the one-year development process and the six months pre-production you get and also what her writing process is like, what it's like working with others on a screenplay. She talks about why you should apply for funds. She also talks about why it's so important to take photos and videos on your location recce's when you're in pre-production because she says it is the most important time you'll find out why and when things go wrong why you shouldn't be ashamed that is all coming up for you with myself my co-host Dom Lenoir and the wonderful Nora Lacos now I as you know have been making the feature film Wolves of War I've been directing that for Picture Perfect and Signature entertainment and we have just finished week three of principal photography as you can probably tell from my voice i'm a little bit tired (laughs) we're out filming in the open air i have lots of supporting artists i have lots of people getting shot i have lots of big wide expansive battle shots and you need to raise your voice (laughs) you need to be able to communicate when you're by the camera and they're at the far side of the field and we only yesterday just got a loudspeaker but i feel such a dick using it but it's been such an amazing week on wolves of war it is my directed world war ii movie and i can't tell you how delighted i am i'm elated I'm overwhelmed. I'm really emotional with the whole thing because my team have been incredible. It really is hard to find a team, I believe, who'd work as hard as these guys. It's amazing to watch. It really is. The production team, the crew, the cast. It's been brutal, (laughs) that's for sure. And it's been amazing. You know, when you're doing huge explosions, which we have been, you've got to make sure the safety implications are there. Uh, There's huge emotional scenes. There's deaths. Spoilers. But it is a war film. Of course, there's death. I actually took a moment yesterday 
the sun was beating down. Not all week, actually, it's been the weather's been fine. It's been that weather that's been great for filming. It looks great. It's not too hot. It's not too rainy. It's just perfect. And then yesterday, it was really, really sunny. And it was our last day of the week, and everyone's knackered. And we've been all working way too hard and the sun's beating down on your neck and it's really hard to work. And what also that means is you can't just go, cool, shoot there, let's move around here. Because you can't light a big old field. But what you have to do is block out the sun, which means moving a big 10 by 10 black up every different shot. And that takes time when you haven't got time. And Joe Stringer, our first AD, who you heard last week in the intro, had scheduled to do these, this big battle, the end battle in four days. Naturally, we've kind of done it in three apart from one, so fair play to the whole team here. Yesterday was brutal, but I took a moment in the madness to have a little look around. And I saw all our team working, you know, like beavers. From the art team, moving the set around because we needed to keep moving bits of set around behind people. Uh, the makeup and hair, doing final checks, putting blood on people, making sure it was all continuity correct. The actors, proper preparing mentally. And the camera team, changing a lens constantly for different setups and shots. And I thought, yeah, this is where I want to be. This is where I love to be. This is what it's all about. All that pain and all the heartache over the years. That's what it's all about. For moments like that. I didn't get long, obviously. Um, <laughs> I literally did about four seconds and I think I looked at someone and went, this is cool. <laughs> and then jumped straight back in because you have to be in the moment when you're directing. You have to constantly be thinking about the camera positions, how the shot is composed and how the actor is playing the scene. And most importantly, what is happening before and after that scene. Because if you can't cut it in properly, you're doomed in the edit and you have to fake it and try and make it work. And what I do in my head is I'm always editing as I go, as we go. So I know if I've missed a reaction or a moment or I need an extra look or a, I, I, I still miss them. That's the thing. I still miss them even though I'm editing. There's so much going on, constant questions, so much to do. But as I say, filmmaking, man, it, it is about compromising um, and adapting and trying to make the best film you possibly can within these means. And if you want to do this as your job, don't give up. I could have given up, but I didn't. There's 10 years of pain and problems of not knowing what I was doing and learning and just getting insanely frustrated and upset by the whole process. It is worth it, I promise you. So go out there and do it, kids. This is what this podcast is about for me, setting it up to inspire others. We have some shout outs this week. Two. Well, actually, I've got loads of shout-outs, but I'm just going to do some because obviously I haven't hardly done any shout-outs for the last month or so. Thank you so much for all your support and love for this podcast over the time. It really warms my heart. And do keep going on Twitter and saying you love it. Do keep going on Instagram and do keep telling your friends. Honestly, because the amount of people who say, how are you still doing the podcast when you're making films? How are you doing this? It's because of your love and support. So please do give it back. I mean, if you like this, honestly, just tell everyone you know, because that helps us and it means the world to me. So shout outs go to Michael Wood from Performance Insurance, Anthony Woodley, James Doolan, who sent me a lovely email. Uh, good luck with your career, buddy. Simon Hewlett from NBC Universal, The Female Film Club, Ben Thatcher, David York, Ravenburn Films uh, released with their film All My Friends Hate Me Now and of course our top patrons Marley J. Munro and Kevin Pybus if you want to be part of our Patreon uh, where we're chucking in constant extra little mini episodes or behind the scenes clips or bonus clips from 
each episode, well, pretty much each episode, like Ben Wheatley's episode, there's some bonus stuff. He says some amazing things on our Patreon. Carolina Gropa, and there's some interviews that people have done with me on there as well, plus the full Mark Strong episode. Go to our Patreon now. Link is in the show notes. Come support us. Be part of the team, and we will be part of you. Not in a weird way. So, <laughs> this is it. Let's get to this week's episode with myself, Dom Lenoir, and... The delightful, the brilliant Nora Lacos and her fabulous film, Hab, which means cream. Enjoy. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah? <laughs> Nora, honestly, it's an absolute joy to have you on. The film Hab slash Cream is an absolute delight. Honestly, when Dom suggested, because obviously he went to the Paris International Film Festival, saw the film there and said, Giles, you have to see this film and get Nora on the podcast. And I watched it and Thank I you. was, I called you straight away, didn't I, Dom? I went, this is amazing. What a cool yeah. film. Right, just great. Well done. I mean, really, really well done. It's glorious. Oh, thank you. I just, I said, to, I said to Giles as soon as I, I watched it. It's you know, you you watch films in festivals, and sometimes there's there's amazing indie films, and then sometimes you just watch a film and you just think this is just a film that works as a film on all levels, and, and it just it sort of captivates you. And it was definitely that kind of experience watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good to hear actually because our main purpose was to somehow combine that mainstream story with an art house uh, style and way of storytelling. So, yeah, maybe success. that's why. 100% <laughs> success. And we'll get deep into uh, talking about that in a bit. Uh, Dom, first of all, how come you were at the Paris International Film Festival, first of all? How many films were there in there? Can you remember? And uh, was it a sp- specific why you wanted to watch Cream? I think that the, the feature competition for films was quite tight. I think the actual in competition, I think, I think there was like uh, maybe five or ten and uh, out of quite a lot of selections like there's there's a lot of people that had entered the festival because this was its uh, its kind of first year for for uh, the Paris International mm. and I'd worked my way through a couple of shorts and I wanted to watch some features and I, I sort of you know looked at what they were and I, I I clicked on this because my friend Johnny Johnny Cowdell had had suggested it it was good and I sort of clicked on it without thinking, thinking, okay, you know, this could be good. This could be, uh, you know, an, an interesting film. And then suddenly I just sort of uh, was quite captivated by it. And uh, it was kind of a surprise uh, just how good it was. I was in the f- film festival because I had one of my scripts in the script competition. And that was the, the first time I sort ah, of entered, entered a script into a, a competition, which was sort of an interesting process in itself. Amazing. And, and and the Paris International Film Festival, which is run by Jenna Suru, right? Um, yeah. it, it won Best Director and the Jury Special Award. Is that correct? I mean, yeah. how amazing. Is how many did Because it, it's been in a few other film festivals as well. Wh- which is, did you put it into quite a few? Because I think that's always interesting while we're talking about film festivals, choosing which film festivals to put it in. Yeah, actually, uh, now here in Hungary, there's the National Film Fund, which uh, deals with festivals in a way that... Um, they send the film or the big festivals mm-hmm. but you know after all uh, you are alone or maybe with your produ- producer but in my case i was the one who started to search on film freeway yep. and i don't know i i checked all the description of the festivals and uh, actually it was really a big surprise for me that uh, paris international film festival is such a great place really it's not only that they are really enthusiastic and they make panels and Q&As and all that things, even it's online, but still something that I could meet so many filmmakers around the world 
And they were really like Oscar winning writer was one of the jury member, Jeff Ark, who mm-hmm. wrote uh, Sleepless in Seattle and yeah. gained Oscar uh, for that script. And we, um, then we had a panel with him and now we are emailing and all that. So, I mean, it's just fantastic that you know, I just applied that, okay, Paris, it's nice. And maybe I always had this feedback that our film is a bit like, uh, has kind of French mm. Atmosphere or something. Totally, it's like Amelie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got okay, that. Okay, then maybe the French audience will like it. So let's submit it. That was it. Actually. Yeah, when I when I first started watching it, I, I was I was starting to think this this kind of feels like I think especially the intro feels very much like a, a kind of a French film. Maybe it's from watching films like Chocolat and and the kind of um, you know the patisserie style. And then it's it slowly started to you know I started to realize the characters were from somewhere else, and then I started to get the feel of the kind of Hungarian you know humor coming through, and I think it was an interesting mix. But there was definitely like a very strong you know French kind of European art house feel, like right from the word go. Oh, absolutely, it's gorgeous. Let's come back to Cream a little bit. Let's talk about you and your start and how you got to make this delightful film because it's your debut as well which surprised yeah. me even though obviously you've made loads of award-winning shorts and mm. uh, tv but I, I, I was just so surprised by how effortless it seemed in terms of it was just like a seasoned director had done yeah, this it felt like a fifth film or something yeah it did it really <laughs> honestly it's really impressive it really is and so inspiring i think and and for us what we do on the podcast is is talk about how we got there because it's sometimes you know we can listen to the bigger podcast or whatever i said bigger you know um and they <laughs> they often talk to directors who've already made it and it's very difficult to connect sometimes but for those of us who are coming up and where we're all out there trying to make films it's fascinating to talk to other filmmakers about how they went from making a short or even getting before the short and then making the feature so talk us through that because you know you also run an international children's film festival i, I think it's pronounced cinemira is that right yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Talk <laughs> us through your process of why you okay. wanted to become a director. Oh, actually, I used to be a journalist in my oh. early twenties, and then I gave birth to my daughter, and then you were like, was... "I don't want to be a journalist anymore. I've given birth." <laughs> yeah, I'm not a journalist anymore. Anyways, I had this, you know, feeling that no matter what you write, even though I was a journalist in uh, uh, at a really big newspaper here in Hungary but still it doesn't really matter and it was like 10 years ago so since that I think it media um, reputation and and an impact on world and on politicians and on business and on whatever just uh, became less and less and it's uh, you know it, 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 it's sad <laughs> it made me sad yeah. and and uh, and somehow I thought that I, I would like to do something that it's more creative and maybe uh, something that I create, actually. I'm not writing on something that other people do. So uh, that was maybe the trigger or something. And I, I was also a, a big movie fan from my childhood. So I was watching films really since ever. So I, I applied to the Hungarian Film Academy, which wasn't easy to get in because like five people are, get admitted per wow. year. Only five. Uh, wow, as a director. Wow, wow. So okay. once I got admitted, you know, I was like the hero, the one, the, the princess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best in the world. And I was riding on my bicycle and I was so happy. And all that. I can visualize that. <laughs> That's like a victory bicycle. A few months later, I ended up in a, in a small village surrounded by cows and chickens. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> your bike has got a puncture. Killed by uh, the people there. So mm-hmm. the villagers, like it was the whole, and I was vegetarian. So the whole thing was really like a disaster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I right. imagine. Yes. So yeah, there were a lot of struggles. But anyway, I just finished the, uh, the film academy as a director and a writer. From that point on, I started to travel around festivals. It's also, it's, uh, it's always like this, that you go to one festival and it brings so many other opportunities. Yes. Really. Yeah. Right. Festivals it's are great, great for that. We, yeah. we recommend going to festivals as much as possible or going to Cannes or go to, you know, and it's harder for, I think as Brits, we sort of, we feel, oh, we don't need to go abroad to these festivals. But actually the doors, it can open up when you do is so yeah. much better. It really is. Um, just opportunities are, are much more available or at least you can, you can make them, right, Dom? Yeah, and, and not only that, you meet people in festivals that you'll never get to meet, yes. uh, you know, like one mile down the road from you um, <laughs> yeah. because, of, because of just like, you know, the film industry and, and how it works. People are generally a lot more open-minded for a sort of a chance, you know, meeting uh, or discussion at a festival. And all, all it takes is for someone to sort of have a, a few minutes and watch your film who would never have taken your email before. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you've got you know, an opening somewhere. Yes. Yeah. It's very true. Also, I think it's really worth to check the jury members if it's available uh, before you apply and also that what kind of panels and professional meeting ups there going on because I think that's the most important part of it really to meet other people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it can be difficult and daunting going up to people and saying hello, who you are. But like you say, if you're on any kind of panel or awards anything like that can really help because then people come up to you so it, it's but it's mm. really important to do that as filmmakers you just got to sometimes get out of your bubble get out of the fear factor and just go i've got nothing to lose here let's just go talk to people but it can be daunting i totally get that um so great so you've made a couple of shorts you've made some yeah i made a couple of shorts and yeah. some documentary as well and yes. even uh, an animation short <laughs> so mm. i tried myself and then i realized that okay maybe i would need to earn some money as well <laughs> that, that's always the problem as filmmakers is this money, money thing money thing who's making money here it just gets in the I way <laughs> maybe I should buy some you know food and yeah exactly, pay the exactly. And yeah that. exactly that old thing we need to and do and that was yes. the point or become I a moustache champion yes yeah. there is that I wonder if he gets paid how much does he get is, is there a, yeah, there's the a prize, prize money for that actually <laughs> Hungarian I lost it so <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get any oh, yeah. money for that. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh shame, loses money. <laughs> yeah, the angry loses money. Yeah. Uh, so finally, I, I started to work for television. So and, uh, that was something that was really interesting for me as well. I mean, not artistic-wise, mm-hmm. uh, but rather technical-wise and just practical things about filmmaking and how the quickest you can be. Yes. <laughs> so I think the uh-huh. most important measure of uh, doing TV sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you. So, so, did you did you do sort of commercials and, and the, the documentaries for for quite some time after you after you graduated, or was it quite a quick process? I, I did some social ads for, uh, let's say, but not for uh, not real commercial for big companies. I didn't do that. Actually, I didn't want to do anything like that because I thought that you know it's like so terrible. I mean, I just don't really understand the whole thing that's going on there. I mean, it's really good because in short term you get a lot of money mm. for it, but uh, what is the price? I mean, it's <laughs> your soul. <laughs> your yeah. soul, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I when I um, you know, like many 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 years ago, I went on a sort of a an advert for um, I think it was like a, a vodka or a, a whiskey or something. I just remember that they'd, you know, I sort of went there for work experience, and I remember that they'd been sat there for like you know a couple of days, you know, not deciding on what to do because you know the director was 
you know, opposed to the DOP and um, the ad agency were sort of throwing spanner in the works and they'd barely shot anything. Wow. And they were, you know, they were, they were and, and I remember suggesting, <laughs> I remember, I was, you know, there was a lot of people that were very annoyed at me because I made a very simple suggestion that, that they, <laughs> you know, so they were basically, they were, <laughs> they were trying to, they were trying to get the, um, the flow of the vodka to look like it, it had, um, you know, come at a bit more speed. And then they were like, you know, how do we change the camera? And I was like, why don't you just put a, Put like a you know like a door wedge underneath the set and then tilt the camera up and then the, you know the, 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 it, it was such a simple solution but they'd been spending so much time like <laughs> arguing you know amongst each other and then obviously they reluctantly did it and then you know I, I never would credit or or give me any kind of praise for it. Well, of course not. But, this but kid, that, this work yeah, experience, literally first kid comes do. in. And saw, but but that that was my experience. It was just it was just a lot of people having ideas. Yeah, that can be. I hear that a lot. You know, it's it's done by committee. You know, I've, I've been yeah. in a lot of adverts. I've made a lot of adverts, and it can sometimes be by committee, and it can be difficult. Mm. But some people are very good at it and make a lot of money. But to get there, you've almost got to be doing that full time. You know, and when yeah. you want to make films and TV, sometimes it can be a different path. I know people are doing both, and they're very successful. But it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be really interesting to talk about because that TV series was successful. Did that help you get Cream made? Then how? Talk us through that process of. You know, now you make in the successful TV show, you're directing you're over 100 episodes and now you're the opportunity to direct the feature. How did it happen? Because you wrote it. Talk us through that whole process of why this story, how you got the funding uh, and uh, how, and then we'll talk about okay. directing it. I don't know how it's in the UK, but here in Hungary, there is only one place where you can apply with your project. So it's like, a, it's really centralized in a way. Okay. And there is a five member committee who decides on on your project and that's it. So once you, if you don't get it, for example, I, I applied for two times before Cream and once we got uh, the development uh, money, so then first, if you're lucky enough, then you get the money for development and then you are writing your script for one or one and a half year long and being each draft you have to submit and they have to approve and then you can go on whether or not and that's that's the way it goes so it's now actually i'm with my second feature i'm in the process of the developing phase and uh, we had the same with cream as well but actually i was developed before cream i was developing a feature film for children or for families and uh, based on a, a quite famous novel here in hungary and uh, we got the development money and at the end of the de development, they said that ah, oh, it would be too expensive. Sorry, we don't give you the money oh. uh, for the production. I was like, okay, I'm killing myself. I will <laughs> never ever apply to this place, and I was really mad. <laughs> and, and that actually, it's really like a tale, but it's true. That that uh, very day when I got received this email, the rejection uh, email, yeah, the rejection email, the producer who I worked with before many times for, with my short, just called me and uh, there is a script written by Frugina Fekete, who uh, is an English teacher otherwise, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, she wants to be a writer and uh, they and, and won a script contest with this first draft. And he offered this to me that if I would interest it, then we could work together on it. Wow. So I read the script and um, we started to work together with Frugina, mm -hmm. who that time lived in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> so we were okay. developing through uh, via Skype, which, you know, it was like four years ago. So it, it wasn't so typical like now. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah much more difficult with yeah. much more problems. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we developed it together, and um, yeah, for another year or something, and then uh, we applied for production, pre-production first, and then production money. Right. And once you get the pre-production, it's like 95 percent that you're gonna get the production as well. Wow. How long does it usually take? So the first project you did, which is a children's idea, how how long was that process? Was it about a year of developing? Normally, uh, the development phase takes something like maybe a year or mm-hmm. a year and a half or something like that. And um, yeah, the pre-production uh, for Cream, it was uh, six months. Okay. So I stopped uh, the TV show in January and we started to shoot in the beginning of July. Right. And how was the process of sort of collaborating with the, you know, the body that was paying for the development? Did you did you sort of agree generally on on the idea of the project and the direction it was going? Were there any areas where it was a bit of a challenge to kind of meet eye to eye? Or? Uh, the thing is that they, uh, it wasn't so strict. So once you got to develop on things, sometimes they, they say something or advise something. For example, there's a previous version uh, of the script, but we were thinking of not having uh, a straight happy ending for example, but rather um, stay with an open ending. And the committee, one of the members of the committee said that they don't really recommend this because, you know, it's a, it's a genre film and it's a romantic comedy and mm-hmm. audience supports for the two to get together and make it at the end. Yes. And now with this script, of course, it wouldn't be imaginable <laughs> to yeah. not have a happy ending. But with that script, I, I think that we could even go that way as well but the, they really wanted us to make a film that is a kind of blockbuster in a hungarian term which means that okay that more than 100,000 people are going to watch it and of course uh, at the end we <laughs> we get some struggle with that yes. because of the pandemic but uh, but we had um, a premiere in last mm-hmm. september um, the nice. hungarian cinemas and like 25,000 people watched it, which was a quite good wow. number. Good. Yeah. 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 A, number. <laughs> a few weeks yeah, in the big, the big, big pandemic, uh, second, the first day of the second wave of the pandemic uh, was the day when we had the premiere. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Wow. All the headlines is that the second wave is here and the other headlines is cream is here. <laughs> <laughs> cream of the pandemic. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the cream always rises. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Like the pandemic did. Um, I was trying to find a really good pun and it didn't work. But anyway, you, you, yeah, this is, I, I love that. I think that's a really interesting way. And it's, it is a shame in Britain that we, we kind of do that a little bit, but also we don't. Like mm. I hear that in Sweden, they do that. It's kind of a conveyor belt. And once you're in the system of making yeah. movies, you keep making movies and you keep on that world. And if you're talented like you are, it's a, it's a decent system. I do feel sorry for the rest of the filmmakers in Hungary, though. If only five, you know, out of however many you know, don't yeah. now, they don't get to make a film at all. It's tough, but I'm it's sure tough. it's not easy. I don't know, like maybe eight to 12 uh, feature film is produced in Hungary per year. So uh, it's not that much. And I mean mm. that we at, at least there are 100 or 150 directors who are real directors and ha- experienced ones. And uh, mm. uh, yeah, so it's not easy. So yeah, it's a high competition. Yeah. No, absolutely. So the writing process, um, you know, how, how did you learn to write? And, you know, what's, what's your kind of process for, for that? Do you, do you like to work with other writers or have someone sort of guiding you? Like, you know, how, how do your, how's it work for you? 
with my short films, I wrote almost all the sh- yeah all the short films I wrote by myself, but some of them were uh, adaptations. Yeah, we wrote a few scripts with a friend of mine who we worked together with the Children's Film Academy as well. Because we are really good friends, it wasn't it, it was never really difficult. So sometimes we, of course, we had a fight or something over over the story, <laughs> but otherwise we could work together quite well. And uh, and now what was really interesting, I went to a few international workshop like script development workshops that have a lot and I read all the books of course that it's uh, available mm-hmm. and now I'm in a uh, in a really good script development workshop called Finakid Script Lab actually which uh, which based on in Amsterdam but of course it was online this time mm-hmm. and uh, what is really interesting that not only that we went through the whole script and we developed it for six months that it's just finished a few weeks ago and started in October. It's really good that you have like a long-term workshop. It's not like that you go there for five days and then you leave and that's it. But uh, it's also really helpful that uh, I, from treatment to the first draft, I could develop my story. And I had a coach who was an absolutely perfect coach for this story, I think. And she had a dialogue masterclass that I've never had before. Mm. And also, I think that even these big how to write screenplays doesn't really exist. That kind of chapter, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. cannot yeah. find a dialogue, chapter yeah. about how to write a good dialogue. That was mind-blowing for me, really. It was so good that, oh, there are rules for that too. And that really helped a lot for me now to develop my second feature, for example. Yes. When you did, as, as just touching on what Dom said there, I suppose, in terms of when you do sit down to write, what's your process? Do you literally go, oh, I'm, I've got an idea. I'm just going to start writing. Do you have notepads full? Do you have things all over the wall? What's your process there? Yeah, it's still uh, when it's an adaptation, of course, then I have the story already. When not, then many times I have like a, a topic or a theme that it's important for me. And then I start to write first. I, I, I try to nowadays, before I didn't do that, but I think it's better what I do now, that I try to find the structure in a way. So I try to say, that, okay, what, what, is, what would be the story? What, what would be the heart of the story? only how to express it in one or two sentences. And then also the characters. I, I, I work a lot with the characters now. And mm-hmm. there are, you know, the, you have these character uh, cards as well, mm-hmm. all these archetypes. And I like that very much too. And then sometimes just discover that. And then also I really try to find that, okay, this character is really similar to someone who I know or someone who I met or something. And I think that's also something that's really helpful uh, for, for at the beginning. And, and to just go and dive into the real problems, the real, this real want and need is something that I have to find in the, at the beginning. And beside this, which is like the conscious thing, mm-hmm. the unconscious that I, uh, which is fun. <laughs> and I think that's the most important part of it, just to, to uh, have fun while you're Mm. writing because otherwise it's a horror (laughs) it's a way (laughs) road to hell yeah but it's like these images so i search many times once i have a story kind of something embryo of a story for you Mm. then i start to search for images and that helps me a lot because for me production design and image and you know the style of the film is really important at the end and it uh, also helps a lot because it gives ideas and it's also really good to apply 
to as many contests and uh, funds and whatever uh, it's possible mm. because many times you just have to rewrite the whole thing and and that that helps to clarify yourself what you really want mm. and and that's why it's good otherwise it's really tiring and <laughs> yes. it takes your time like the, uh, so it's, it's it's not easy and what is really really hard i think is to make your schedule because you know especially nowadays that you are at home and it seems like that this is the paradise for a writer because you don't have to go anywhere so you <laughs> cannot go to anywhere yeah. so you just sit down and write and then oh maybe i should do the washes uh-huh. maybe i should yeah. cook something maybe mm-hmm. i should make a core and i find <laughs> yep. out everything except for writing yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is not good so now i have this uh, time schedule that okay i wake up around eight or nine o'clock and then i do yoga and then around 10 then i have a breakfast and around 10 I start writing and I really I do have this timetable and then from 10 to 1 for 3 hours it's like really a long term Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I focus and I don't really stand up I sit there and I write and then I I have a break and if I'm and maybe that's it (laughs) but But still after I just do some other stuff but uh, that's the end of the day just relax then the deadline is coming (laughs) closer and closer then I have the same uh, three hours uh, um, in the afternoon as well and that's really helpful yeah well I totally the fact even if you just did three hours a day that's more than most people do it's so hard it's so easy to procrastinate it's so easy to go oh I'm just going to tidy the room oh I'm just going to do this oh I'm just going to go on Twitter oh I'm just going to go on and it stops you writing and focusing on what you need to do and it's so important and you are so right to do that schedule or schedule I don't know how you, which is the correct way of pronouncing that well if you're in America it's schedule if it's in the UK it's schedule and in Hungarian it's there we go <laughs> I find coffees like my my kind of writing tool um oh, so like really? you know I, I get up in the morning I, I I get myself you know I go for a walk and get myself a coffee I come back and then I'm sort of I'm running on the coffee for like you know a couple of hours in the morning I, I find that's that's like a really good way to get that kind of morning morning focus I do, I, I struggle in the morning sometimes I think I'm a night owl and the reason why I like to write at night is because no one else can disturb me you know in terms yeah, of yeah. the day you might get a call or this at night less people are disturbing me so I can just turn everything off and not worry about it so yeah I'm, I'm much more of a night person but when I write nighttime then I always have to drink something aside I mean, oh, mean at like, least a, like wine vodka. or a bottle of wine yeah, bottle, or whiskey yeah. or something. Bottle of vodka, bottle of vodka <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the hungover <laughs> <Depend>. thing. <laughs> How do you get up at eight when you do that? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, then I don't wake up at eight. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't have to because I have already worked during the night. Exactly, lifetime. you've done the night, yeah. <laughs> I find like night night writing, I can, I can do some really like... That, that's when I get something like really inspired is when it's in, in the sort of the twilight zone. Yes. But I, I can't sort of do it as a routine. Like I could never say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start writing at like 11 p.m. or you no. know, 12. But sometimes when you have those genius moments, it is at that time, I find. Yeah. And also writing with other people. It's not fair on them because you have certain <laughs> schedules or schedules. Yeah, see you at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll see you at 1 a.m. when I'm ready and they're going, what? So You're I, drunk. I, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but right. So I'll do that in the day, writing with other people 
people. But yeah, but that way I much prefer it because I'm bounce off people. Whereas if it's on my own, I have to really concentrate. So difficult, I find. So Cream is about the love of 34-year-old Dora's life. Uh, she's broken up with him. Uh, a worse, he has remarried. Her only joy, the pastry shop she owns, also appears to be lost. She makes up her mind to get both her ex-boyfriend and the pastry shop back, even if it means she has to lie. If you like Amelie in any way, shape or form, you will love this movie. It's just, honestly, it's a delight. And your lead cast, which I think is uh, Miklos and uh, Vika, is that right? Uh, Vitsa, actually. Yeah, Vitsa, uh, you yeah, pronounce it. It's yes. Eve. Yes. Uh, it's a nickname for Eve or a short name for Eve. Oh, Hungary. is it? Oh, yeah. okay. they were, but honestly, both fabulous. To be honest, I thought your whole cast was incredible. The little boy was incredible. Oh, the boy, the boy was <laughs> yes, so funny. Yes. I mean, like, the, 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 those those two are, are like just faultless performances. But yeah. that boy is just like an absolute like gem. Um, yes. And every single scene is just <laughs> pure genius. Absolutely. Well, his, was he a... Has he been in other things or was he just plucked from obscurity? Uh, no, actually, I had a casting director who really focuses on uh, children. Mm -hmm. So, and she brought uh, Eric to me mm -hmm. uh, and introduced me. And, uh, but she, uh, yeah, he had some experience before. So he made some commercials and also some international films, but only for a few days. She, uh, he had this few days shooting. So that was the, the, the biggest role. Amazing. Yeah. Well, let's t let's talk through how you made it then, and the difference between TV, which you were doing, and then making this feature. Talk about your planning of it, because obviously you've come on board without the you know coming up with this inception yourself. Someone else has said, "Hey, do you want to jump on this?" And then you're developing that. Talk about the actual moment when you know you're going to direct this now and what was your planning going into that were you storyboarding shot listing working with the dp talk us through all that It'd be really interesting yeah well, i was quite lucky you know, with the crew actually because the costume designer is my uh, stepsister actually uh, <laughs> also dop the cinematographer we worked together for like five or short films previously so we knew each other quite well mm -hmm. And the uh, most challenging part uh, was uh, the finding the main location uh -huh. because originally uh, we were seeking for a lake surrounded by four or five wooden houses. Uh, you know, it's like this mm -hmm. typical summer camp and it was quite important that all these families stay separately because they have secrets and it's just easier to not sneak out all these informations and all that. Yes. So, uh, but we couldn't find anything like that. I mean, we found a lot of things that many, many places that were good or supposed to be good, but that they were like uh, already rented <laughs> uh, because... <laughs> You know, people renting their house and their holiday house in January for yeah. the summer. Really? Wow. I was so surprised, but it was like that. So it was just impossible. And we were searching for this location for like four months uh, without any result. <laughs> so and then uh, once we, we found this uh, castle that I have already known because I scouted it for another story before. And then it's just it was just, uh, yeah, I loved that it's... Uh, Elegant and it's really uh, beautiful. It's an old castle. At the same time, there is a big garden. Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many different places and parts that we can really use. And finally, we shot there for 22 days. So it was really important to have like very different part of the uh, castle. It, it, 
at the same time, it's the same place. So it's really good that we don't have to travel from one place to another and we don't mm-hmm. waste time. So we had to change the whole concept. And, right. uh, and actually, I think that, you know, sometimes when you force to, con- to change your concept at the end, you get something that is better than you originally had. And yes. that's why I think it's really important to be flexible because, you know, it's nothing is like you really dreamt and <laughs> you planned and uh, uh, if you're not flexible enough then you get a heart attack and then you don't have a good film <laughs> i think yeah so I don't think have a heart attack yeah that's... please don't but it's top tip top tip but i think it's actually vital to be to be flexible on the day and to you know even beforehand to just you know even you've got a set thing in your mind it's always going to change and if you're not flexible then you can't be a good director i think you, you just have to be open to the changes and the issues and the problems and then just adapt that becomes better like you say you now had a i love the location i thought it was really cool yeah, and it's, interesting it's really 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 charming yeah yeah it was gorgeous what about your directing process then in terms of working with you know mm-hmm. the team and the, the talent you like i say you had was felt like like I say a really experienced team and filmmaker and cast what's your process working with them and getting those performances that you did Actually, what was really important because uh, we wanted to make kind of elevated uh, fairy tale yeah. surrounding atmosphere and, and production design and stylish one. So we really had to work together with the production designer, the costume designer and the cinematographer and me. We had many, many conversation meeting and particularly with the colors, for example, that, okay, what color do you have? And, and also we had a lot of characters in, a, in the scenes, which means that there are six characters and all, ha- all the dresses mm-hmm. and costumes has to fit somehow with the background. How do we do that? And so we really planned all that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, for me, colors are really important. So <laughs> I was always like thinking on what shades of uh, pink or what shades of blue should we have for like months. So that was really something that <laughs> went mm-hmm. into the, the, the very detail. And um, I rehearsed a lot, especially with Vita, the main character, the lead, because we couldn't really find her partner for, for, for quite like for like six weeks, we were desperately searching for the man mm. <laughs> without resort, of course. And then finally, uh, Lance Lumetri, who became uh, her partner, was already casted in the story, in the in the film, uh, for another role. And then we just shipped that. And that, that's how it went. So that's why uh, oh, I, I was see. lucky enough to... Uh, rehearse uh, with Vita, we rehearsed almost all the important scenes and almost mm-hmm. all the scenes she had. And then we could go to the location and that's why I didn't do storyboard, but we had a photo board, for example. I prefer that much better that go on location and, you know, there are so many applications when you can really take photos with the same lens as you plan to mm-hmm. have later on the shooting. So we, we could just photo through the whole locations and that also yeah. we recorded with mobiles. Uh, a few scenes uh, just to have the choreography because you know many times the room the size of the room is something that you have to know and then mm-hmm. you have to know that okay what was the size of the bed for example and how can he go around and how can you follow it so they, these tiny details that you really don't it's impossible to plan it or it's not really effective at the end that you're planning uh, on your table 
you have to go there. And uh, we were lucky enough to, um, yeah, we had like two or three days uh, on location and uh, for rehearsal. And of course, before we made a lot of rehearsal um, just um, nearby to the studio where we are the office yet. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's so important that rehearsal time, as much as you can get, it really changes things when you're on set. You're not discussing things that, you know, it, it, what happened in 1984 to the character or whatever. You've done all that. It's now working on the scene and what's happening right there and then is vital. So the more rehearsal you can have, the better. And getting and getting used to the location as well. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's something incredibly useful because sometimes you, um, you know, not everyone in the in the team on an indie film gets to see the location beforehand or you lose something last minute and then suddenly everyone's stuck there. And then what you're doing is you're kind of spending time when you, you know, you should be kind of working on, on the story and, and shooting on like working out technical problems. And it, it's a, it's, it's really good idea to, to get onto location early if you can totally with your crew. Is. What about when you're actually on set then? Cause you've done your rehearsals, you've done your locations and now you're on set and you're working with your DP and your, or your cast. What's your mindset? What are you thinking? What's how? What's a good place to be for directors out there and filmmakers out there? What What have you learnt that is a good way to focus? Yeah, it's it's not easy because you know I think that during the shooting, at least me, but I think all the directors is in a very different state of mind than ever before and after. So mm -hmm. it's something special, and it's uh, it's you have a really big pressure on yourself actually you put a really big pressure on mm. yourself and of course some other people as well <laughs> do yes, the same yeah. with you but uh but it's e much more easier to handle the other people than yourself i think and that's something that it's really important to relax yourself and try to focus and what helps that you really have to make decisions like every two minutes that okay uh this table and uh, and i whatever the spoon, costume, yeah, uh, the, spoon. Costume, the tiniest thing to from the tiniest to the largest thing it's really really like you always have to make decisions but it's really good for example once i finish a shooting day i go to an elementary shop i'm standing there and for two hours I tried to figure out that which chocolate should I buy. <laughs> really? I feel like, yeah. like, I, you Can't know, make decisions I had anymore. all the decisions yeah. that I could make, I made, yes. and now I'm impossible uh, to make any more. I mean, <laughs> cho chocolate's an important decision. So but, I, it is yeah. as well. I'm fully with you on that one. At the end, you have to choose one. Yeah. Anyways. But no, but no I agree with that. Sometimes. When you when you come back to your family or you you know your friends after you've been shooting and like say you've made decisions every day everything's about to you come back honestly it's like your brain's gone to mush you cannot make a decision to save your yeah. life nothing it's, it's, it's simple stuff like you yeah. know <laughs> you yeah. like, would, you like, would you like a tea or a coffee coffee like, um, and you're like um, I don't know oh, I, I kind of do I, I don't really yeah. oh could you mix it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never do that by the way never 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 but it's true isn't isn't that so funny? And and those people who aren't in the industry don't really get that. So it's, that's why I always suggest do not go straight into the edit afterwards. You know, yeah, give no, yourself that break, yeah. right? Again. But mainly, what it's really because sometimes um, you know that if you already have the rehearsal and everybody knows what to do and all that, then mm -hmm. probably you are in a safe place. But still, for some reason. Uh, many times those scenes that um, before appear to you that it's going to be really difficult goes really well and easy and then 
out of the blue <laughs> scene just doesn't work. And you don't understand why. I mean, it's just so easy and then nobody ever suspects that it's <laughs> going to turn out so bad. And then when you see you know, the first rehearsal or after the first um, yeah, take, on camera, that, yeah, take yeah. Uh, it's like, it's, it's like a disaster. It's terrible. It's, it's impossible to have it. And then you have this panic method that you have that, okay, you have to do something right now. You have to figure it out how to tell these really nice actor, actors and actresses that it's just so bad or even to the cinematographer that yeah, it's not a picture or whatever. Yeah. And then you have to calm yourself down first and then you have to be a psychologist because of course even you just go out and say that okay we have to change the whole thing because it's just so bad like this or something then everybody starts panicking as well yes. especially <laughs> the actors and actresses so you have to yeah. say that okay no problem everything is fine let's just maybe that's good and then they were they lose the whole thing maybe so it's, what is really interesting in shooting and with the crew that every day, I think almost every day or every second day, there's someone who has a bad day or has a nervous breakdown or something uh, <laughs> or emotionally just they go and some days everyone. <laughs> yes, and yes. then it's like, and sometimes it's you, sometimes it's someone else, and it's important to not have. The, so it's always have to be someone who who brings all the other people out of this state of mind, and especially this should be the director. So actually, what is really good uh, with me that, but it's a kind of like personality thing that uh, when something is really, really, when, when really bad things happening with me, then I'm more relaxed than ever. I'm like, like a Buddha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes. I solve this. So uh, I, I, I have problems when it's, uh, when it's only a little problem. <laughs> I think, I think that's a really, um, I think that's a really like, it's nice to hear such an honest, um, mm, it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, explanation of that process. And, and I think you've tapped on something like really, really interesting as well, which is that as a director, if you don't necessarily have, you know, this grand solution to the crisis, you just have to do it bit by bit until the solution becomes, you know, it might be on, you might give them some notes on take two that, that solve some of the problems. And then it's not till take four that you've really figured out, you know, how you're going to fix this scene. Um, but by doing it bit by bit, you, know, you sort of keep it under control and you keep it calm and, and you gradually nudge it in, in a direction until you have an idea what to do as well. Yes, you've got to be the leader, right? In those situations, you've just got to, even if you don't know what you're doing or you have, you think this is, oh my God, just, it's almost like you just have to sort of keep grinding through yeah. until it's something just will come to you. Do something until Please it works. Do something, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's also sometimes for me, I think it's trust that it's really important that if you are surrounded with a mm. few creative uh, partners like uh, your cinematographer or uh, production designer, costume designer. So those people in the head of the creative department uh, are your friends and you trust them and you understand uh, and you have the same taste and you uh, really know what you want and everybody's working for the same story yes. and the same style and the same thing. So once you have that during the preparation, then it's really easy to say that, okay, guys, the thing is that now it doesn't work. This doesn't work at all. Mm. So, and I think that maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that. But then, of course, there is a many different consequences that it, mm. it comes because you have to change so many things. And uh, once that you have, you know, the light set 
already. Then mm-hmm. if you change the whole choreography or if you change the whole um, framing, then you have to rewrite the whole scene, which takes like hours and it's impossible and you look like an amateur otherwise. So yeah. it's just impossible to do for many reasons. So then yeah. uh, you really have to trust your cinematographer and maybe have a conversation that what is your real problem and how can we solve it and let's figure it out together and maybe ask for five and t- or 10 minutes coffee break mm-hmm. and then go with those who can really help you and then discuss the things. I think that's really important not to be ashamed of that something doesn't really work the way supposed or, or you thought it will because otherwise you cannot change at the end. So it's like so expensive to reshoot something yeah. and then once you're just sitting in the editorial room and just to face that, oh, that's bad, you cannot do anything. And I was going to say, like, it, it's it's a question of being brave um, in in those moments because you know there's the, the the natural tendency is you know you're under a lot of stress. It's like, well, maybe it will be all right, but but there's a part of you that knows it won't be all right. Um, and it, it's it's those moments when you have to make those like really difficult. Okay, this is going to take a lot longer, but it will get it right because you, you have to think about it in, in advance. And I always try and think about, okay, what would I say to myself in the edit? And, and it would be like, well, you're saving yourself 10 times the pain by fixing it now, even if it's going to overrun mm-hmm. than, than, you know, having it, something useless in the edit. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I love that. Don't be ashamed because we can feel that way sometimes mm-hmm. as directors when we're on set and we suddenly go, oh God, everyone's going to just think, I don't know what I'm doing or I've lost the plot or whatever. But actually, this, if you hold your hands up and go, yeah, I'm struggling here, guys, this isn't working for me anyone thoughts here's what i'd like maybe anyone you know again you don't necessarily have to throw it out to the world but at the same time putting your hands up and going yeah this is wrong is okay as like you say um nor as long as you've got that trust you've, you've you've gained that trust and you have amazing people around you you're in that position it's when you don't and you hear those horror stories of where people are you know oh god i can't imagine having a terrible time with my dp i just hate it it would just be like you if you were clashing it'd just be awful and that's why i think it's really important that you connect with them before you bring them on board you know you really have to make sure you're on the same page i think absolutely was well, there anything else you learned well while shooting cream then that you're going to take forward as well in terms of what you know it's it's a long it's like a tv episode is contained within that but yet the characters continue so you don't necessarily need a beginning (laughs) middle and end whereas here you need a beginning middle and an end and you have to get it done what what else did you learn actually uh besides all these artistic thing and also that you have to be really flexible and 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 yeah find really good good crew members and also good casting because otherwise Mm -hmm. if you screw yeah. up the casting uh, period and you will never get a good result at the end so it's uh, it's really hard to instruct people who's not a good actor or actress or not good for that role and really it doesn't matter how good a director you are you, if someone yeah. can't act it's really hard in a short space yeah. of time yeah, to so get I them do, to I act I do think that uh, pre-production is one of the most important um, part of uh, of the whole shooting process mm-hmm. or uh, the whole production process and for that don't rush to get there shoot it but rather plan and and try everything out before you go there so it's something that i learned and and, and another thing that i think it's really important and especially when i was a student i never knew that and now i'm facing with this uh that it's that even though you are a director or a writer so you are in a kind of like an art person you still really 
have to read your contract before you sign it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that it's really important. And probably you will not understand the whole thing because it's like another language. So you really got to get a lawyer uh, who helps you out and explain what you're going to sign. So at least the first thing that at least you should know, because then you not get surprised. <laughs> and the second, that it's better if you can add something or erase things that you think that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something that it's really important and nobody's doing it. So I was signing contracts for years without even reading it. And um, yeah. I never really had a problem with it because, you know, when you make a short film, no one cares because it, uh, mm. there's no money involved in it. So it's only artistic. And sometimes if you have the money, then you apply for festivals and that's it. When, when you make a TV show, then uh, usually you don't write it and all that. So mm-hmm. it's okay. And it's already on a channel. You get your money, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have fun and all <laughs> that. It's also good. But once you get to make your feature film, which takes like two, three years of your life and it's just became becomes your baby and it's getting just more and more important and you sleep with it you wake up with it you do everything with it you cut all your friendship and everything and it's like <laughs> that is your life for two or three years mm-hmm. then i think it really counts that uh, what decisions can you make for example like uh for the poster of the film it's the distributor or maybe the producer and the distributor or maybe the founder who tells that how the, your poster should look like and maybe you hate it mm, and yeah. so about the trailer so it's not that you're going to edit your trailer because everybody says that oh you don't understand how to sell and you don't understand your own film and blah, blah, blah. and sometimes <laughs> it's true sometimes it's not i think it's yeah it's like a combination. I think it's good that there is a new perspective involved in the marketing. Also, it's important, I think, to involve the director as well and just to find a fine balance mm-hmm. with it. And sometimes it can happen without any contract, <laughs> but sometimes not. And if it's not, then it can be really painful. And it's only just one little thing of it. But, you know, I think that it's important. For example, also just to su- submit, uh, submit your film to a festival, you mm-hmm. need the right for that too. Because yep. uh, you're not the one who found, funded the film, so financed the film. So Yeah, or if you want to put it in cinemas or you want to take it on tour of schools, whatever yeah. it may be, or make a VHS copy of it for just for yeah. novelty factor. You <laughs> need to have that in your contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're, quite, they're, becoming po- they're becoming popular again. But it's all those little things that if you want to do that, you must make sure they're in your contracts or you must know about them. So yeah, I totally agree. You've got to learn. It's a business, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. And we can't just go through our filmmaking careers not understanding that. We have to understand that. Otherwise, we get burnt and we get, you know, the posters we don't want or the, you know, release where we don't want or we can't do anything with it afterwards or festivals. So it really is important. That's great advice. I love that. Um, talking of distribution then for it, because it's the Hungarian film board, do there is there a, a same thing like you say you had your cinema release and again if it wasn't for covid it would have it been even bigger and a, you know a big big splash even more so than i feel it is in terms of europe and the rest of the world how does it work do they then just sell it on do you have any involvement in that yeah uh, i don't but uh, yeah the board has the international uh, right mm-hmm. uh, for selling the film and now because uh, our lead is um, Partly Slovakian, partly 
Czech and partly Hungarian. Mm -hmm. So now uh, it was an advantage. So a Czech distributor bought the film already. So it's going to hit the Czech public cinemas uh, this summer. And also, uh, which is really good that HBO bought the film. So we have Amazing. the premiere oh, wow. in July on HBO. Wow. It's also really cool. And yeah, we are still waiting for some other. We have a German uh, co-producer. So it's also possible maybe that German would be interested once. Mm -hmm. So that's how we are right now. That is amazing. Um, do we know anything about England at all? Not yet. There's definitely distributors I know who love this movie. It's always harder. Yeah, I think with, it'll be popular over here. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, it's, it is always harder when it's a foreign language, but yeah. it, it doesn't matter, you know. It's an award-winning film that deserves recognition because it's so gorgeous. Um, you know, it's, it really is. You've, you've done such a great job. I loved all the cakes. I loved all the colours. I loved the palette. Even the umbrellas were all matching i loved i loved all that it really added to it and it, it gave a sense of style that you brought across and feeling of this film that was whimsical and delightful and we really I'm wanted them to get together well. yeah exactly you know and i i loved i loved it i thought i thought you'd done a fantastic job i can't wait to see what you do next which sounds like it's a a novel adaptation, is that right? Yeah, Great. it's a Dutch. Actually, it's a multi-award-winning Dutch novel. So, And Even we better. are uh, about to make it in an international co-production. Maybe it's going to be shot in English as well. Oh, wow. Um, okay. For some obvious reasons. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It does make it easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, maybe, maybe it would be easier to distribute around the world later on. And actually, it's a family film, which is something that it's important for me. Mm -hmm. uh, to you know, just to, to make make films, uh, quality films for children and families, and um, I think it's uh, there's a lack of this genre. I think like everywhere mm. in the world, in a way that you know, once I sitting uh, with my daughter and trying to figure out what to watch, then we just um, have to face that uh, we've seen all that we uh, we are, we would be interested in. So mm. it's like, mm, what to watch? So now I'm making a film to watch <laughs> i love that yeah, yeah. I, I think it's i think it's amazing because uh, i mean i i personally think that like watching films probably taught me as much if not more than school like, about life and you know like, mm. like you know so yeah. many different things yeah. and and to have those kind of things that really affect children is, is like really really powerful i think yeah. yeah, totally. You can have a difference on their lives and it really, really can. Yeah. Films, effect, everyone talks about what their favourite film is as a child, you know, and it, it does affect you. And if you can ha have any kind of say in that and actually make a difference in doing good, then wow, that's wonderful, I think. So very excited to see what you do next. And honestly, yeah. well done on this. I can't wait for it to come out in the UK so that our lot can see it. And in America, HBO in July, that's super exciting. Um, and let's talk and see if there's anyone we can get this to to help. Though it sounds yeah. like your Hungarian border already pretty <laughs> good, but we'll uh, we'll do what we can for sure. Are you on socials? Are you on the social media? Can people find you there at all? I am, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, so yeah. What's yeah. the name? Is it Lakos Nora? Yeah. It's it's Lakos, uh, yeah, because you know, in Hungary, it's not like Nora Lakos, but it's Lakos Nora, so you're the way around. You do it the other way around, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> so you'd be Lenoir Don. It's like the Japanese, actually. <laughs> we have the same thing with Japanese. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's Lakos Nora, and I think the same on Instagram as well. And yeah, we have Cinemira Children's Film Festival too through that uh, and also we have uh, the cream has a Facebook and Instagram mm. uh, page as well it's hub film because cream is hub 
H-A-B. So, Which yeah. is super great. I'll put all that in the show notes so people can follow yeah, you. Cool. And hopefully <laughs> it'll be out soon for everyone to see. But honestly, um, Nora, this has been a delight. Thank you for your time. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank yeah, you. yeah, for real, you too. Real pleasure. Dom, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, you can find him at uh, De Dom Lemoire on all the platforms, correct? That's true, yeah. See if you can do mine. You can find Giles at Giles Alderson or The Filmmakers Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Yes, (laughs) welcome, welcome. Uh, If you do like this, do tell your pals. Uh, And if you really like this, go on IMDb. IMDb, you can go on there and give it a review because we are on there now. But um, you can go on iTunes and then give it a lovely five-star review. That would mean the world to us. Go out there, make your indie film. You can do it just as Nora has done. And if you're lucky enough to rise up like the cream to the top, it is your duty to send the elevator back down. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. It's a joy, as always. We love all your comments and support. Go out, keep going making your films. To make it happen. You can do it. We believe in you. Thank you again, Nora. Thank you. Thanks, Nora. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Dom. You've been a star. Thanks, um, we'll see you all on Tuesday. Take care. See bye you bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>